Hello, and welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Sean Decker, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing Dead by Fleshborn, which is what Tommy wanted me to play for y'all. Dead is off their first release called All the Pain I've Built Up. Check it out. born in Riverside, California, um, to, I don't know, like, <laughs> my parents, like, my dad's from Guam, um, Pacific Islander, I take a lot of pride in that, uh, my parents met in a dojo, uh, I have three sisters, three amazing sisters that do a lot of really great things, and then, yeah, I have a slew of nephews and one niece, and so I'm from. But I was raised primarily in Fort Worth, Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, how um, your parents met in a dojo. So what uh-huh. what kind of dojo exactly? A karate dojo. My uh, <laughs> yeah, my um, my dad's side of the family is uh was pretty actively involved in the martial arts and stuff like that and then, that's awesome oh yeah it's fucking super cool and, and your, uh your mom was also, also taking classes there yeah yeah my mom was also taking classes because my mom's from san francisco like okay. um and then used to stay in daily which is like uh what, south bay or something and they just met in riverside you know hill and empire the fucking empire and then yeah, not doing karate and all my, like my dad, you know, it's a big Pacific Islander family has a, you know, a bunch of you know, sisters and brothers and yeah, they just like, that's how they met. That's really it was just cool. like a, yeah, definitely. Yeah. How did you, how did the family end up moving to Fort Worth? Man. Yeah, it's I don't know. Sometimes sometimes like modeled, but yeah, we lived in um lived in Riverside and here in Phoenix, like outside of Phoenix in a town called Chandler, Chandler, Arizona. And uh like we were on our way to Fort Worth because my mom's dad, you know, my my grandfather, uh he like lived in Fort Worth and he swore by it you know he was just like oh yeah this is like this place is super cheap and like etc and sure enough it like it like completely fucking was like moving from southern california as a kid staying in arizona like you know just basically living like 
you know, in desert climate and then moving to Fort Worth, Texas, like, you know, we got a two story house. Like we, we, my, my parents, um, like leased a two story house and we were just like me and my two sisters at the time, because my youngest sister is, uh, 10 years younger than me. Um, we're just like, Holy shit. We're fucking rich. Like, (laughs) Oh my God. Like, yeah, we're like fucking rich. We got, there's a two story house. And like, you know, it was just pretty killer. Yeah. We just ended up there because I, I, I'm, as far as I can remember for the family, like we got kind of stuck in Arizona for a second and then just we're on our way to go to Fort Worth, but we just ended up at Fort Worth. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I mean, um, I didn't have a family or anything at the time, but when I moved from where I lived in Florida to Indiana, where I live, like I felt similarly cause I was like, not even I couldn't even afford an apartment where I lived in Florida and then like the next thing I know I have a five bedroom house that I can rent in Indiana right like, right isn't and that's fucking insane yeah you know what I mean you're just like what wait well, what part of what part of Florida are you are you from um well I I grew up in um Port Charlotte which is like uh nearest to like you know Fort Myers or something but it was like okay it was just such a like a retirement community, you know. There was sure, like yeah. there was no just like at least at the time there was no just like cheap apartments and stuff, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's just it's like people settling down like for their years, you know. Mhm. Mhm. Totally. And it was like yeah, they didn't even want to even the apartments that were there, they didn't want to rent to anyone that was like under 25 and stuff. It was like real, you know, really, <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, I guess that's, that's the best way to, I don't know, keep them, keep, keep, keep them out, you know? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. Keep I it, yeah. Know what these people who have kids, like then they're, you're, they're just like, go on, get out then. Um, yeah, yeah, I hear that. So, um, you, you know, your, your family was, uh, into martial arts, but, um, did your yeah. parents also listen to a lot of music around the house or? Dude, yeah, absolutely. That's like kind of where I got. I mean, all my sisters too, are like. That's really what it was like at a certain point, you know. Like, you know, uh, we had this like. Uh, I remember we had two speakers and a hi-fi system with like a CD player and stuff like that. Like my parents, like you know, from Southern California. Like, if you're from Southern California, like you, you it maybe not so much. I can't. I can't speak at large for everybody else but for me it was like my parents were super into like you know van halen and like you know white zombie like you know even though that's a massachusetts thing but it's like you know no doubt you know sublime like all that kind of stuff because my parents were also like you know they were young when they were having children so like you know weed and all that other stuff not not to be not, not, you know what i mean like not not to be so like you know, yeah, like put sure. them on blast or anything. You know, it's my parents, like they're great. But yeah, music played like a huge role in all of our lives. Like Steely Dan, Steely Dan's one of my favorite fucking bands of all time uh, because, you know, my dad and my mom loved it and my sisters loved it. You know, we had these like little connecting, you know, these points of connection where it does come to like those really cool things because we just remember like, you know, Sundays and having dinner and you know what i mean like like listening to that kind of the whole house yeah like even if yeah you know that we're it was always like a musical family like you know whether it was like that you know van halen's like one of the best bands of all time too to me like 
like always and but steely dan van halen like those are those are huge yeah do you, do you even um recognize the uh what is it like it what's his name michael sharice was that the 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 one guy from the band that other band other than sam Hag- sammy hagar and david lee roth oh yeah yeah okay that was yeah with the other vocalist yeah yeah, that was like um, later Van Halen when they started getting like edgier for the time. Oh, yeah. yeah, like you know they had like they had a music. I remember they had a music video. It looked like an orgy music video, oh. like the band Orgy. Oh, okay. You know, like yeah, yeah. where they had like mirrors everywhere, or like uh, uh like they were like encased in like I don't know, yeah. like mirrors or something like that. Yeah, I, I remember him. He was he was a, but that's kind of where we like broke off as a family well it's a, yeah like and it's and it's hard because like you know like those times listening to that kind of music I always keep them in good thought but like uh-huh. you know my family is like pretty pretty rough like but it was it was pretty it, it got it got it got to being pretty rough oh i i thought you were just talking about your like about when you like sort of distance yourself from van halen but you were talking about like, oh. with your family a little bit yeah yeah no yeah totally but i mean i could like i gauge sometimes i can gauge things like i don't know if you feel the same way or if other people feel the same way but it's like like, like music is a timestamp for you in a way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like exactly yeah. exactly like the last time that i remember everything being like good mm-hmm. was just like you know, all of us listening to like, yeah, like Los Exorcist Volume Two by fucking White Zombie, or like, um, you know, uh, you know Asia, or, or like, you know, like that's a huge one uh, by Steely Dan, or like Fifty One Fifty, and I feel like Fifty One Fifty, that's I think that's Hagar on that one, but like, but even David Lee Roth, like Atomic Punk, like I remember my dad being like just like, oh yeah the atomic punk you know like that's <laughs> talking about me because i'm you know what i mean like because i'm like i'm the only like um boy in my family yeah and um or yeah until recent but yeah yeah so when so um, yeah I, I measure i measure it like a timestamp, like you said like it's you know the last good things yeah that's like that's i, I do relate to that you you asked if, if i got that and i i definitely do i mean there's there's always music's always been like that thing where like the what you were into and stuff like um puts that little time stamp and leaves that mark like sort of marker on you know where you were to where you are now or whatever yeah Um, definitely i mean even even my dad like i remember my dad like that, that used to be the thing and my mom too like we used to do chores around the house and our like you know, we didn't get allowance, like, or at least I didn't, but it was like, okay, we're going to go to CD Warehouse or Blockbuster Music and get, like, a CD, you know, like, mm-hmm. because you, like, spent the day cleaning the house. And I just remember being, like, my dad getting, uh, staring at the sea, the the Cure singles. Um, and that was huge, too. Like, my dad always loved the Cure. My mom, like... Loved Oingo Boingo, like you know stuff like oh, yeah. that. It's it's you know what I'm saying like just mm. my parents were always just like super Red Hot Chili Peppers too. That's a huge one I'm, I'm failed to mention because like that's a huge thing for the family. Yeah, it's like yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers were just like fucking massive. Yeah. Um, 
when did you start becoming interested in um, playing music? Was it also at a very young age? Yeah, definitely. Um, that was, I always wanted to play drums because of Joey Jordison from Slipknot. Okay. Like when I heard, like my uncle bought me the, uh, the, the self-titled and like, that's cause like it was my mom's brother. It's like her only brother. And he was like, you know, my mom's trying to like, you know, Hey, like, you know, Tom's getting, Tommy's getting into music. Like maybe you can go and take him. You know, it was like, she's like pressuring her brother to like, you know, my uncle to like take me out to go to again, see warehouse or blockbuster music. And like, you know, it's the first time that I heard of like echo and the bunny man or like the church. And, but he bought me the slipknot album. And I remember he also bought me, the first corn album because he was like, I saw these dudes like they're from Southern California. And uh, he's like, I saw these dudes like, and, uh, you know, somewhere and I was just like, okay. Uh -huh. I was like, yeah. Like talking about being in the pit. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, what the fuck is the pit? What? <laughs> like, but, um, yeah, like, was there, kind of a, been that was there a drum, like a drum riff on that album that was just like, that blew your mind and you were like, that's what I want to do? Yeah, the drum solo in Diluted, which okay. is, I think, I think it was like track 11 or I think it's track 12 on the self-titled where it's like, you know, like, like that, I don't know, that was like super cool. Yeah. Like just being like, holy shit, like that's so fast, <laughs> you know, like, like, and, um, I just kind of fell in love with that band like a lot. So I feel like that, that was like kind of my first, I guess, like love with like being obsessed with the band, like Slipknot. And then yeah, Mudvayne, Mudvayne, Mudvayne and Corn. Like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like all of us kind of have that same story. Like, you know, I'm 31. So it's like, it's like holy shit! Like if you're into that kind of like version of music, you know, American music that's like not quite totally extreme, but it's like extreme to you. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like <laughs> it, it was accessible. You know, as far as like the stuff. I thought I I thought I thought that was the most underground shit. You know what I mean? Like I thought yeah. that was like th that was it. Like oh my god, there can't be anything more than this. Yeah, like this is yeah. these people have masks on. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Like. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, you don't. That was you, like my first time. Yeah, you don't have like, you you don't know how to get like lower than that, like or you know, I don't know how to how to put that. You don't know how to find stuff that's like more underground than that at that point, you know. But then you hear that, like you know, for me it was, uh, you know, Metallica in like Thrasher mags and stuff, you know. Oh, but, um, oh yeah, sure, okay, yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, even, even my dad, my dad too, like used to pick us up from school. And I remember him again, like to the, the musicality of the family, I guess he was like, like, that's the first time I heard one. Cause my dad was like drunk, driving us kids around, picking us from school. Like, and, and then like, you know, he was the one, like, I don't know, you like, you know, punishers that like try to fucking tell you about shit. And it's like, he was like, listen to this double kick part. You know what I mean? Sure. And it's like, to get, to get that. Yeah. He's like, it sounds like a machine gun. And it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, it does. Like, yeah. But, um, you know, yeah, th there always was. Like, I remember my sister, my younger sister. Um, so I have two sisters, Mariah, Megan, and McKenna. Mariah is younger than me by a year. But she actually was the first one that got an instrument in the family. And, I, and you know, 
that was like an effort of love for my parents because, you know, we, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, but like, you know, they got her a guitar and I remember being like super slighted cause I wanted a drum set and drums are like not fucking cheap by any means. You know, I was like being a fucking brat and like, but I remember like, you know, they tried their best to do it, but I had so many friends just like skating and stuff that like play guitar. I was just like trying to be like, you know, cool and stuff. And like, I like, you know, jacked my fucking sister's guitar and I was like, I think the first riff that I ever learned on a guitar was like 46 and two by tool, you know, like do, 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 like drop D and like, Oh my God, there's like stuff like that. And then the next year, you know, I got a drum set from competition music, um, on the East side of Fort Worth. Like my parents got me a drum set and it was like this Franken, like Frankenstein drum set. And I was just like, fuck yeah. Like that's what I want to do because like, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So you, you were, you were playing guitar for a little bit though, just like feeling it out. And then, and then you got your drum set. Um, did you, did you take any lessons or were you just like figuring it all out yourself? Like listening to records? Yeah, kind of the same. Like, actually, there's a lot that I can say about it. Like, I remember I I had a really good friend named Zach Deere um, growing up, and he was Zach Deere, two two friends, Zach Deere and Ben Coker, and both of them had drum sets at their house. So it's like, you know, when you're younger, you're like, yeah, I want to go and, like, kick it over there because they're like, you know, you know, all of us are in the system of a down and so not, like, all that shit. And, like, you know, Zach Deere was, like, the shit, and so was Ben Coker, like, I don't know. So you just like want to be there. Like I never, I never had or was able to practice on a drum set because like, you know, my, my dad or my parents or whoever would get like so mad. It's like, you got a drum set and then it would just be like, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, shut up. But I was grateful they did it. Like I I had friends that like had them and we would just go over and play. I always wanted to be over there. And of course, like we skated too, like together. So it was always just like, you know, skating, smoking pot, trying to play like, yeah, like yeah, you tool and you couldn't get bored for too long. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's I don't know. That's like the that's like the thing about skating. Like, and I could see if if you had friends that also like played the same instrument. Like, when you'd skate, you'd you'd go and skate by yourself. You'd be bored in fifteen minutes. But then when you're skating with your friends. And then your friend pulls something off and you're like, shit, I got to try that. See, then, like, yeah, exactly. And the, exactly. And then you're like, okay. And then it's just this constant, like, you know, it's not like, it's a friendly kind of one upper thing where it's like, oh shit. Like Zach, you're just like backside flipped a, a two set. Yeah. And so, okay, well, I guess I'm going to fake you backside flip this two set and then, you know what I mean? Like, and, and this is, and it was the same with drums and music, you know, yeah. it's like, oh shit, Zach, Zach, like, Zach does this. Well, I'm going to try to do this. Like, but yeah, um, I didn't really grow up like taking lessons or anything like that. I just kind of like remember those albums, like rush. My dad was like super in a rush and Celia Dan. So like, like the first time I ever smoked a joint in my life was with my dad. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it was like, he had, he brought the hi-fi out to where the drums were in the garage and just like showed me, I forget the name of the goddamn song by Rush, but it's like talking about people in the forest, like their lines and they're the forest. You know, it's like super, <laughs> yeah. it's not, yeah, I don't know. It, like 
oh, if you're going to play drums, you got to play this. You know, like my dad, in a way, was always kind of like, he was supportive in that way, but he was like kind of more like of, of a friend, older brother in that term, uh-huh. you know? Just like, oh, you got to do this, man. Like, here's Rush. Here's fucking, you know, all these things. And yeah, but drums, drums are my first instrument. Yeah. I, I think. I hope so. <laughs> or at least what I wanted to do. So like, um, when you're going over your friend's house and you're all just kind of like taking, kind of like taking turns on drums and, and whatnot, like were you, um, were y'all trying to like start bands together at that point or were, were you all only playing the same instruments? No, yeah, we, we weren't trying to start bands at that point, like at all. I remember actually though, Zach Deer, that person I was mentioning, like we, like, I went to a middle school called McLean, McLean Middle School in Fort Worth, and like we played a talent show, and like that's when I kind of first, like that's my first memory of like performing in front of like people, and I was on a guitar, and like we both really loved The Cure, like a lot at that point, you know, okay. um, and so there was like yeah, that's, but no, yeah, we we didn't have any like aspirations to like do anything like that with music like that didn't come until way later where it was like oh shit like this is you know like it was it was like on other people to be like oh yeah well i have a guitar i have a bass hey yeah. you have a drum set right like uh, you know what i mean like it's like yeah. totally classic like you have a drum set right yeah. well yeah i do like <laughs> what's what cure song did you play at the uh the thing no, we, we, we wrote an original song, but we just ripped off. Like, oh, uh, okay. okay. Yeah, we ripped off this cure uh, from, it's just like Kevin. It's like, like, yeah, you know, yeah. like we just ripped, we ripped this cure song off like pretty hard. And then but, played it. 
Yeah. yeah and then just fucking played it. Like <laughs> it was, yeah. And everyone was like, Oh my God, like Zach and Tommy know how to play music. And of course we didn't, but it was just like, you know, you're that young and it's like, Oh fuck. Yeah. 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 Of course we do. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We're the shit. You know? Yeah. I think one of my first bands, like, um, I mean, in, in retrospect, you know, at the time, like I either didn't know or I didn't give a shit, but one of my first bands, the other kid who wrote, wrote a song that was just like the main part from smelled like teen spirit, but like down, <laughs> you know, down a step or something, you know? Uh, yeah, of course. It's just like, whatever, you know, but of course, like the, the longer you like, uh, think about that, then you're like, wait a minute. Teen spirit is kind of just like more like uh, more than a feeling from Boston played a little differently. So then, you know, eventually just like, I'm like, well, I also don't feel bad about it now anyway. But uh, yeah, um, that I think that's like a, a lot of people's like first uh, steps to um, writing their own music is just like ripping off something they love, you know? Like, oh yeah, definitely. Like, like even, yeah, of course. Yeah. You were going to say, Oh, I was going to say like, even, you know, even in later days, like when, you know, when, like when internet started and stuff like that, you know, like Leo, Her Leo, Leo Herrera, like that was the person that like showed me, and a whole bunch of other people, so many great things. So like all, all editors tried to do initially, was just like rip off fucking age 16 and Lantino, you know, like, and, 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 uh, Antilles, you know, just like try to try to play fast and make it worthwhile. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to admit that either, you know, but, um, but like that still exists. Like, and it's like, like we were talking about that, like one, like, it's not like that friendly, kind of thing where it's like you hear something and you're like oh fuck that's sick well maybe we can do that in a different way like <laughs> you know yeah. yeah yeah i'm i was having this conversation as well before it's like sometimes you sometimes you you may even set out to do something exactly the same way but you, you just can't help but have your own like fingerprints all over it you know so like oh yeah for sure for sure so like it really doesn't you know, in the long run, it really doesn't, um, be, it's not that sim, not as similar, uh, as you thought. And sometimes to, to my liking, sometimes it's not as similar as I would have liked. Like sometimes I'm like, right. How do I feel like I'm trying to do the same thing, but it's so different. But I mean, in the end, that's fine. Yeah, definitely. But you know, yeah. Well, I mean, also the aforementioned, like all three of those bands, like, like Antilles, H16, and Lantidum are just so, to me, like some of the best. Like, and, and, and like without the moniker, without like the, like that's just like honest music. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like that's just just like fucking honest. Yeah. And sure. it sounds honest, and I guess that's why I got like so inclined with that particular brand of music, you know, or brand or style or like, you know, that urgency that like that it's so fast, but it's also so just like sparse and mm -hmm. there's like constant juxtapositions like everywhere that are just so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. And I think that those bands outside of kid crash too, kid crash is like one of my favorite bands of all time. Like is like, I don't, I don't know. Like, 
but that's I don't know, not necessarily a sidebar, but just kind of like another thing. And just like, yeah, dude, that thing, that shit fucking beat my ass. Like yeah. hearing it. So you said Leo was the one that showed you all that stuff. Is that when you kind of started getting immersed into like um, the more like underground stuff as we know it? I yeah, I would yeah, absolutely. I guess so. Actually, it's funny. My friend, the first time I ever heard Kid Crash was from a friend I used to have named Josh Davison and he knew them. Like he knew them because uh, Josh lived in, he's from Yakima. He's from Yakima, Washington. And, uh, he like knew these dudes and one of his really close friends like was from Santa Fe and like had these pieces together. So the first time I met him and granted, I was like probably about, I don't know, 15, 16 and I'm like listening to new ruins for the first time because I had this older friend that's like oh man you're gonna like fucking love this shit you know what I mean like yeah. you're just like I'm like there in his truck and he's like in his 20s and worked at the Albertsons he used to sell us cigarettes for like 25 cents like while we were kids and like but like it was hi Josh like if he's listening <laughs> but, like, <laughs> um, but like at the same time like he's the one who showed me Kid Crash and like it had nothing to do at that time with what would become, you know, because that demo in 06 was like life changing to me. Mm-hmm. Like that was, I was like, what the fuck? Like you can scream over this stuff? Like what? This isn't like, this is, this is wide. This like, it's wide and offside. It's super wild. Like, I don't know. I just, I like that a lot. So, yeah. but, but Leo, Leo, I would say Josh Davison and then, and then Leo definitely was the one that was like definitely putting on for Fort Worth, like super hard. Like he were the you know, basically the reason like they, they also volunteered, they booked shows in 1919, like some some of like the most some of the most intense shows too, like in Fort Worth, you know, as far as like Screamo or whatever you want to call it is concerned, like Leo had a hand in. And like I remember, you know, because I used to be in a band called Zwoons with our friend Willis and Leo was in a band called Jubilee and like we just like linked up because we were just super into Kid Crash and uh Hella you know we were a two-piece like math rock band and Leo and the camp and, and Jubilee were just super into like you know Funeral Diner and like all these bands like I'd never heard before I was just like what like you know Jerome's Dream like the first time I heard Jerome's Dream it's yeah, probably because of Leo, you know, mm-hmm. and that's like, that was a life changing experience for me, you know, even as, as, as a 31 year old, sure. But it's like, you know, what, what's this dude sounding like, like ah! you know, yeah. like, holy shit, that yeah. shit's so fucking heavy. Like, yeah. So you said you were, you were in some bands when you met Leo. Um, yeah. Were you like playing shows and stuff at that point? Yeah, definitely. We uh, our home base was 1919, as far as I'm concerned, right. and that's a that's in Fort Worth. That's off Hempel. I mean, it's literally the address. But you know, a lot of great people that gave us a chance, and it probably really was because of Willis, like uh, who played guitar. You know, like just and Leo, like yeah, we were playing shows at the time, and uh, that's literally. Uh, Zwoons and Jubilee went on tour and that's how I met like that's where my world opened you know we did a Midwest tour and I met like fucking Bobby Johnson I met 
you know, uh, you know, Krista Benedetto, like I met, uh, Harrison Hickok, you know what I mean? Like I met all these people who are just like, you know, the first time we stayed at summer camp in Chicago and being like, what the fuck? You guys make your own stuff. Like that to me, like I can't speak for anybody else, but to me, I was just like, holy shit. Like what a, like this hive mind of people that are just like, wow. (laughs) Holy shit. Like you can literally just do this with your friends. Like that's insane. Yeah. Instead of doing it by yourself. How, how old were you when you went on that tour? Probably, um, 31. I, I was like 18, 18, 19. It's just like, yeah, barely. And, and then, um, so you just, how long was that? Was that about a week where you just like came up to the Midwest and then headed back? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, and it was super cool because Leo was like, it was a week. Yeah. About a week, like eight or nine days or something like that. And like, you know, we went to Valparaiso and like, you know, Leo was tight with like these, you know, whoever they were tight with, like the, you know, they bought us pizza with, you know, it was native, but it was like before they like signed and like, mm-hmm. you know, Leo booked all that tour basically. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that's how we met all these people just because Leo was so like handy with the keyboard and, and like just, it, and there's such like a pleasurable, like nice person that yeah. like, yeah, I ended up meeting like, you know, we ended we ended up meeting like fucking so many amazing people that are still to this day for all intents and purposes like friends yeah. or, or at least you know at least at least really nice acquaintances yeah i yeah that's wild like like you know you mentioned harrison hickok and i've known harrison oh yes yeah. since harrison was 15 <laughs> and, and uh like one of harrison's first bands played a show at my house harrison you know had to get permission you know from from mom and dad and come up play and you know it was a uh, i don't know it's it's wild and right is i mean that's but that's awesome though because it's, that, it's like, the best yeah yeah and harrison like all that midwest like at that time too like 13 you know years ago not to sound like a fucking you know dick about it or like an old head or something but it's like at that time like dude that was like that was that era if it wasn't like completely harsh screamo it was like all this tapping you know, stuff that like, to me, I still like, you know, like they, they, I think they were, they were doing the, her breath on glass. Like they were finishing up the, her breath on glass stuff while we were leaving. And they gave us this mix CD, like for us to come back to Texas with. And I had like the, the first demo, like the grown ups demo songs. And yeah. then it also had snowing and also had like all these people, you know, and it was just like, Oh fuck. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh shit, this stuff is super raw, you know, like, like, and we're not like in our bedrooms anymore. These like people are just like doing it like, and everyone sweats in a basement and we don't have basements down here. We're storm sellers, you know? So it's like, you know, these people like sweat stuff off and like everybody knows each other's lyrics and I don't know, but that's kind of how 1919 was too. You know I mean? That's, that's, that's why we get so tight, like up there in North Texas and actually just Texas period and the South, like just gets super tight at a certain point. Yeah. So how long, how long was it after that tour that, um, you and Leo end up playing in a band together? Um, 
like three years. I want to say like three years, like two or three years. It wasn't, it wasn't that long, but it like seemed like quite years. Like, um, I had some riffs because, you know, listening to bands like fucking age 16 and Antilles and, you know, Lantidum and stuff like that. I just, you know, like one of my best friends, who's like my brother, his name is Rockland. Like he used to have this guitar and an amp in his room. And, and I would go in there and like, you know, smoke my resin, maybe smoke his resin sometimes. <laughs> and like, and just like try to write these riffs that were like fast, just like fast. You know what I mean? Like, because I still, I still love hardcore and I still love punk. So I just wanted to write like the same riffs, but faster. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I like send it to Leo, you know, cause he's always been my fucking boy or my homie at least. And he's like, man, like we can do something with this probably. I'm like, yeah, hopefully I guess so. But it's like, that was just like a, like, you know, that's what became innards and innards was just like a total bedroom project. And I get that most people don't like it like now and or then even, but it was like, I can't stress enough that that was like, <laughs> like the throes of depression in the hood. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was like, you know what I mean? Like, not to make it seem bigger than it was, but it I, was just like, I've ne- I've never like, I've never heard anyone talk bad about innards. Like anyone whose opinion I respect. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, it's, and I, don't, I don't mean I, to I'm, say I'm, that. I'm, 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 I'm also like projecting. I'm a worst enemy, and I think everyone's like yeah. constantly out to get me about something. But like, you know, all we were trying to do is just like play faster than everybody. Like, do like use those same riffs, but like play faster. Yeah. Or like do do everything that all the aforementioned bands like that I mentioned like weren't like kind of doing, but like stay right in their pocket. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Like one of Andrew's first shows was with Antilles and Mountain Asleep, and uh, on that tour, and that was like, like I, I, like I know I'm jocking them super hard, but I, I like I literally love that band so much. Like Antilles, and, yeah, they're a great band. Yeah, they were like they're untouchable. It, you know what I mean? Like that's you can't write riffs like that, like without you know what I mean? Like it's just like what the hell are they doing? What are you doing? Yeah. Especially that that last album that that was just do so, laps, yeah. That was just so, like, cause, cause you know, no, um, the one time that we got to play with them, it, I mean, it was like 2011, and so it was like, so because laps was written for so long and then yeah. recorded and then even and then it took even longer before it actually came out. So like uh-huh. they were playing stuff from laps, but no one had really heard it. I don't think, you know, so it's like, yeah, you have all the um, stuff from their splits and whatnot. Before that, you have all this in your mind and you're like, you know, they're the shit, you know, you, and so you you're kind of like, yeah, I'm, I'm really expecting like really good things. And then you see laps and like you said, like you're like where like you're you kind of mind-blowing like you're just like where is this fucking coming from like it was yeah like but years in the make years 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 in the making in the way that it didn't come out until years after yeah yeah exactly yeah like it's uh yeah i don't know it was like just 
just at that time, just just being like, it, it, just floored by them. And um, dude, yeah, all those bands at that point were untouchable too. Like I, I'm saying, and I'm saying that like as a an outsider. Like you know, we're we're from, you know, Texas. Just you know, bands that I'm from Texas, and you're just like listening to all these like shredders from like the Midwest, and you're just like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like. <laughs> Now we're hearing Plagiarized Rehashed by Antilles, which is not off of their release, Lapse, but off of my favorite release of theirs, Beholder Destroyer. I mean, Lapse is all that, don't get me wrong, but this one just has a sentimental spot for me.
so how did you take, like, how did you make innards a, a thing from where you're just like showing Leo the riffs and then, you know, they were, they were into them. Like, what was the next step? You just, um, honestly it was, uh, so Justin, uh, Justin Cooley, Justin Cooley was playing uh, bass and Jubilee at the time. And, uh, or before that. And then there was like this in-between band called Nouveau Riche that existed. And then, it just kind of fell into place. It was like, oh yeah, like we send this to Leo, Leo, Justin, and then, you know, the our drummer Johnny. Um, I'd never met him before, but he was living up in Denton, and uh, they were like, yo, we know this dude who might like be interested in playing drums on this shit, and it was like, okay, well, like let's meet him, let's see what's up. I'll bring, I'll bring shit up, and you know, me and and. Uh, I'm pretty sure like the person I was seeing at the time, um, like, yeah, we drove up there with like, I had this like <laughs> really shitty Marshall 412 and like this really shitty or Marshall, like, I don't know, we, and, but we just made it work. Like, and, and they seemed really into it, you know? And, and that's just kind of how it happened. Like, you know, like innards and a lot of things I wouldn't, a lot of things wouldn't exist to me in Fort Worth. Like, at that capacity without like Leo Parkey, um, 1919, you know, Justin, Johnny, like, like I was borrowing gear for a lot of the time that like innards was like a band. It was like kind of funny, mm. but I'll never forget the first time we played it two nights. That was super funny. And like, we would end up linking up later, but it was like, we played in Arlington and I think, Don, uh, Donnie, uh, Donovan Ford, the first person would be like, yo, you're like, <laughs> I had this like B-52 head that I think like Willis left at my place at one time. And it was just like, had this like shitty ass, like, <laughs> like feedback going on. And we were playing songs that would be on tracing and everybody was just like, man, this sucks. <laughs> you know <laughs> wait who is who is this like who is this band you know so but i but i don't know that that's i mean it's the i like to call it like humbly the north texas connection where like i think fondly of living there when it came to that because everybody just was you know like so young and everything was just like popping you know what i mean like yeah. Everybody was like doing it, and like if 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 you didn't like innards, I bet you like two nights. If you didn't like two nights, I bet you like, you know, I bet you like Tori Finley. I bet you like Niche Pickens. If you didn't like Niche Pickens, I bet you like you know what I mean. Like there was like, you, if you don't like that, you like those damn kids. You like Matt Jones. Like, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like for like it was always something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And North Texas, you know, huge. Like the DFW area is huge. So yeah. It's funny you mentioned those B-52s. I've had one of those for quite a while. And, um, like, they're, I mean, I think their biggest thing is, like, they're indestructible. Like, yeah. they, they just, like, I've had, I've had many other amps this entire time. But for 10 years, like, I can take that one wherever and do whatever to it. And it's, like, fine. I don't yeah, know. even if, 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 if one of the tubes breaks, then you can hear the glass being, like, 
<laughs> it's super, but it'll still like push, I think. I don't know. It'll do something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. those are the people who taught me that too. Is like, you know, people like Parky, Miles, Miles De Bruyne, Donnie, like, you know, all those people like that up there. Yeah. Um, so you, you did, you did a, a couple, like, I mean, um, I don't know if y'all consider tracings a full length, but, um, yeah, I think we're too young to think really? it was, I think, I think it clocks in like at 18 or 20 something minutes. So, uh, it's no, but yeah, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a full length. Yeah. 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 So you did, you did a couple full lengths and, and some splits and stuff and, and a few, t- like, did you out, did you all ever tour? Like, did you ever do a full us or were you just like doing a couple weeks at a time or? We do, we would do a couple of weeks at a time. I mean, that's exactly how we met uh, uh-huh. Misha. That's exactly how we met Misha. It's how we met you. It's how we met like, you know, even on the West coast, like at a certain point, you know, calculator or our homies that's how we met adobe homes like mm-hmm. you know getting out of texas is a motherfucker because you can still try to get out of texas and you're still in texas so <laughs> yeah. it's like you know what i mean yeah and um yeah that's just kind of how we met everybody like even on our first tour we did a, our, our first tour was with big fiction from uh, from fort worth and arlington and like it was so awesome like that we went with them like you know and then like after that we like split off there i think they went up to the east coast and then we met that's where we met misha we met misha in um fucking south bend indiana okay at uh jack Sen's house Senf Senf sniff I, I, I never know how to pronounce her name okay but like but yeah um we'd never done a full u.s tour like ever but we would just kind of like do it together. The the people that we toured the most with was was Misha and Reptilian. So yeah, you know, we did the West Coast with Reptilian, and those are always just the homies. Like you know, and you know you're gonna see Bobby Johnson in fucking Kansas City. You know, you're gonna, you know what I mean? Like yeah. all that stuff going up. Like it coming out of Texas can be a blessing sometimes if you're not like directly going to the South and if you're going to the South and you know, you're going to see caution children in Florida, you know what I mean? You're going to see, yeah, I mean, you, you know, like you've been there. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, for sure. For sure. Um, so you, you were like from, from innards, like that's, that's when we met. And so yeah. since then, you know, you've like, do you still live in Austin? Yeah. I stay, I stay in Austin still. Okay. And since you've been in Austin, like you've, you know, you've been involved in like a number of projects. Um, uh, I don't, I don't think I even would remember all of them or even know of all of them, but the ones I do know of, uh, obviously are a father figure. Um, oh, that, that, that was Denton. Okay. Well, I mean, I know that like, uh, Parky and, you know that, but I didn't know where you were situated and and when that okay, band yeah, came sure. about. So that was like right before you moved to Austin. Uh, no, that wasn't right before I moved to Austin. I was living in Denton at the time, and then, um, dude, that was the most magical time for music ever. Like to me in my life, it was yeah. Um, 
yeah, I've been living in Austin. I mean, on and off, realistically, like for thirteen years. Okay. Because like I would, I would like make trips and like move back here, but like I, I am, I am grounded here in Austin right now. Yeah. And, and you, uh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that maybe you were living in Austin when when we played with Father Figure at that like where y'all did that surprise show oh yeah yeah yeah, At, uh, yeah that maybe, was that house of commons that's yeah. uh in west campus yeah. yeah maybe that's why i was like confused like whether y'all were just like um whether you were always in austin but y'all y'all were just like you know doing like remote practices or you know whatnot but yeah yeah um, no no not a, not at all actually uh i think that was during aba fest the uh, austin blood alliance fest and uh where ampere played and mm-hmm. fucking <laughs> fucking ridiculous and then um yeah uh that was at house of commons i'm pretty sure both fleshborn and two nights played the fest but like i don't know father figure is one of the things that we just like we did and it was like i think it was like based off of this joke that was like you know being up in North Texas and stuff like that, like, you know, innards and two nights were like tight as fuck. And like one time I think I made a joke while two nights was playing this show where everybody like just wasn't about anything. And, and I was like, yeah, the best inception of two nights was, was, uh, you know, when me play, when I play drums and like, and they just kind of live with it. Cause like Parky and miles were living in the dorms at UNT at the time, uh, together. And, uh, something happened that like we solidified it something happened but they like ended up writing stuff for what would become father figure you know and and uh that was like just an insane time to be alive you know especially for like you know north texas denton texas fort worth texas like you know hardcore emotional hardcore emotional punk and stuff like that it was a a crazy ass time to be alive everyone was just like on it and uh yeah it was it was just cool and a bunch of a bunch of those fools like you know a bunch of us from fort worth fort worth like moved up and those those people from arlington moved up and so you just had like this new batch of like you know good music i guess i I would call it good music that came out of denton so yeah no i mean the 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 fact that we got to play with father figure is like pretty it feels super random to me but like in the best way possible (laughs) like it was just like all the stars aligned you know because um as the same with innards like the people that know those bands and and revere those bands like they really revere those bands and so i mean i've been lucky i've been lucky i think that like at this point you know um with the different bands i play in i think that um exhalance is and like your newer new new project are the only bands that i've known of that I of yours that I haven't been able to play with so far, um, but uh, but because um, we played with oh. Droghead at that oh yeah yeah at that one that was P- portrayal of Guilt's first show at that warehouse uh, when we wow. played with Droghead yeah and yeah at uh, Shirley's Temple uh huh uh huh and um, 
Yeah, uh, and and then Plague Walker played with body pressure, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that like? Yeah, that did happen. Was that late? That was either late two thousand. Yeah, that was late. That was like summer two thousand eighteen. Yeah, it was, it was still hot outside. Oh wait, summer two thousand nineteen. Yeah, it was still hot. Yeah. Yeah, it was still, it was still hot outside. Yeah. So I guess that could have been that could have been anywhere from April to. <laughs> fucking you know december down here but yeah i i like i still have that play walker back patch it's like on my wall right now which rules but uh yeah also uh joy sores i was talking about uh one of the time oh right yeah it's that was the first time donovan played on a guitar the first time parky played drums the first time i played bass in the band and like just being super in a shoegaze and you know that like that happened that was a thing and that, okay, that yeah. also happened in denton yeah i i forgot that you were in that band that was yeah a, i play i play bass and did vocals yeah that's awesome um so what what else am i missing other than uh so i mentioned body pressure and now you play in exhalance and you just uh-huh. started a new band what what was the yeah. new band called uh children's letters to god Okay. And that's the one with Scott Osment? That's the one with Scott Osment, yeah. Yeah. And, um, like, yeah. I want to keep it low key, but I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, yeah, I mean, I, like, you know, I, I wasn't planning on talking about much other than that, but, um, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's me and Scott Osment, um, yeah. from Weak Flesh and Deaf Club. Okay. Awesome. Um, but did I miss any other bands? Um, there was Heaven. I play in a band called Heaven now with okay. uh, two members of Chronophage down here, and uh, that's just like DB. And then, yeah, outside of you know, I used to play in a band called Weakness, but we don't have to talk about that. So, oh right, right, yeah. yeah. Um, so what, what? What what bands like so you're still like you just mentioned the the other band that you play in now and then we yeah. we briefly went over is Body Pressure still playing like do you still have plans to play and release music like you know once that's a possibility again Yeah, I think so. I mean, I hope so. Yeah. Like I I hope so. Um, you know, Phaser works at a a nonprofit and you know, Brian and Melissa are doing the best they can, the same as I am. And so, yeah, who knows? All of us are just trying to keep it safe, more or less, like when it comes to that band. Mm-hmm. But, sure. you know, we toured Mexico one time and that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. The, um, yeah, I mean, the record that y'all did was fucking great as well. And, um, thank you. you know, thank you. Seeing y'all live was, was awesome. Um, so, uh, I guess you know your most recent like um, active band that you know before okay. before you know tours stopped happening and stuff was Exhalance and um, yeah did y'all just do a tour like right like at the beginning of the year or were you about to go on a tour I can't I feel like we no we no we didn't I heard no we got off of one. I think because it was the winter. I think we went to 
California. No, we went to the East Coast. No, I, I, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to it's hard to gauge with that. I mean, the last year was so fucking crazy. But yeah, yeah. I know, like we're we finished writing the album. No, yeah, we toured. We toured. We were touring in the winter. I don't know if it went over into it, but if anybody can validate that, then I don't know. It'd probably be Steve or, or Bill. But I, I do remember being in the snow. I think it, uh, the last tour we went on was another, or the first East Coast tour that we went on, which was fucking awesome. Yeah, I feel like um, I feel like somebody I knew was doing a show for y'all, and I, this is where I um, got like unsure of whether it was something that was about to happen or whether it did happen but i feel like somebody i knew was about to do a show and and i was like oh maybe there's a way that you know we can i can get one of our bands on it and and we could play and hang out and stuff but uh i didn't i couldn't remember if that was something that ended up happening and i just wasn't able to you know make that work or if it was something that happened right after all you know what's supposed to happen after all hell broke loose or whatever um, <laughs> yeah. so to speak but uh yeah, yeah sure um yeah um so as far as the the album goes and everything um y'all released yeah. that and um i think the reception's been like really good right oh man it's it's been amazing like i'm so psyched for that i mean like that's I'm very grateful for it, like a lot. You know, down here, you know, I was talking about it earlier, kind of like being in a band like Excellence and just being in bands down here sometimes just makes me feel like how North Texas, like I remember North Texas, where it's just like everyone's just like looking out and everyone's friends, you know, there's like kind of no static. And but yeah, we, we got we got like some amazing reception for that. And that was like pretty fucking wild. I mean, like, that was like an album that took like almost two years to write and a bunch of, yeah. All of us just like going through like bullshit, like at different points. But like, all we would do is like meet up to practice and write and, just you know like at this point we're like done with those songs do you know what i mean mm -hmm. like that that like it's like new coming out and it's like no disrespect but it's also just like yeah we're just like kind of done because we've been playing them over and over just like trying to do it but yeah that that atonement is called atonement atonement it's it it got a lot of love and i'm like the most grateful for it and like the artwork's done by my youngest sister mckenna oh, that's awesome. um yeah, like, but it, like, that's artwork she did like 10 years ago. Like, when she was like 10 or 11. Okay. And, uh, she like brought this thing home from, from school. And it was just like, I've held on to it ever since. And it's like one of those pieces of like history in my life where you're just like, oh, yeah. Like, it was just up in my bathroom. Yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah. Like, why don't we do something with that? It's like my youngest sister's artwork. And, yeah, like it's like it literally is a picture of of McKenna's artwork on a bathroom wall. Like it's, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, there's something to be said about like the you know since um, 
you keep mentioning like the honesty in, in music and how that inspires you. I, I think that there's something to be said in the honesty of like children's artwork, you know, they don't, oh, absolutely. they don't have the rules in their brain that everybody else has as far as like what something is supposed to look like. It's like, there's just the way it works inside their mind and the way that it comes out. absolutely and it's yeah it's 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 how it's the direct expression and i can't speak for children you know like across the world but like it's like you know when you see shit like that and you're like fuck i'm gonna hold on to this because like that's like a direct expression of what you were feeling i don't know but there's like no boundary it's just like limitless you know it's it's yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. We're in a in a world of you know printing and you know figuring out you know typeface and all this other stuff. Like it's it's just funny to to be like, holy shit, the best piece of artwork is from ten years ago, a child. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. no disrespect to anybody else, but it's also just like, dude, like it, it's like I don't know. So yeah. when I look at that album artwork, like for Atonement by Excellence, I'm like man like it just makes me so happy that bill and steve were like yeah let's do that yeah i'm like fuck yeah like yeah that's that's really cool um you said that you said that you you know you you all were going through like a lot of bullshit individually like while you were writing that record and that now you feel like you're just kind of like done with you know the songs like to a degree because of how much you played them and and uh you know so and the album is called atonement and yeah. this all seems like do you think do you feel like you in a in a way like being being like let's put those songs to rest is also like a way for you personally to to be like i'm trying to put that part of the bullshit that i was going through to rest as well or personally for me absolutely yeah and 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 also you know, touching with Bill and Steven, not to speak for them, but you know, yeah, like yeah. we're, it's not that we're done with those songs. Like we're not going to play them or anything like self-serving like that. It's just like, dude, that, that record took like a long time. And yeah, like that, you know, we've, we've done it. And none, you know, all of us still have like the way that we work mentally and you know just generally speaking for all of us and but it's like over you know like the worst isn't over but like that part of our lives is over so yeah like it's kind of like the good grace of atonement is being like okay well here's this record so you know fuck off (laughs) you know like (laughs) you know like you know what i'm saying like yeah you know for for us like not to anybody else who like likes like sex violence or like bought it which thanks everybody if everybody did but like you know for us it was just like yeah it, it that that record is like a labor of love for sure yeah that's awesome it was a labor of love and it completely brought all of us closer as friends and 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 stuff like that you know just you know excellence is a band that we can all just like you know sit down have beers and shit like that and it's like cool like we don't have to think too hard about like what we're doing you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like it's like hey do you you just want like you just want to have a beer <laughs> it's like oh okay cool yeah let's do that 
Awesome. Um, so do you, uh, do you want to tell us anything about anything that you've got coming up or, um, is this all getting into like the territory where you, you're just trying not to talk about things until they happen? Yeah. I would say the latter. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the latter, like just things are, things are going to come up and it's going to be, it's going to be good. I mean, 2021 is no one's year. No year belongs to anybody. Yeah. And, you know, but if we can keep grinding, it's going to be a good year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's going to be good. And, um, yeah, like, if it come, if anything comes to fruition, it's going to come to fruition. And I hope it just, like, you know, people get into it and especially down here in the south you know like texas like i got nothing but love for texas always you know what i mean like so who knows who knows what's gonna happen And that was my conversation with Tommy Rabone. Thanks so much, Tommy, for taking the time to chat with me. It's always a pleasure. Anyone who's not familiar with Tommy's bands, definitely go give them a listen now. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>